0: Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah Hallelujah, thank you Father Hallelujah You see the Savior Didn't just come to provide life after death Because if he'd have done that there There would have been no need for him to rise back from the dead See he came to be a new creation To establish a new pattern that death had been arrested, that death had lost its sting, that victory had been established. Freedom and independence from sin had been established in the earth. A new pattern, a new mankind. Because in his name, we are free. We are free. And his grace is so free. So here on this independent Sunday, Abba, Father, we thank you for sending that portion of yourself to establish once and for all that death has no victory over us. Hallelujah, praise God. So Hallelujah. Life begins anew. Life begins with you. It's days ago when, when Caleb first presented me these lists of songs, and I glanced over them. I'm like, yeah, they'll, they'll be great. They'll be, they'll be great. And at that point, I had an entirely different message prepared for this morning, and I had no idea where I was going to be and what I was going to be preaching, but the Spirit moved mightily. And this morning when when Pastor Darren stood here and validated again the, the nature of what I would be speaking on this morning and the nature of what the Spirit would deliver, it revealed such a peace and such a wholeness to all that the kingdom has at work to me and so heavenly father we come before you thankful for your word personified in the person of Jesus Christ who took to the grave all of our sin all of our guilt all of our pain and laid them permanently to rest So that scripture that our brother read this morning that says that nothing can separate us from your love so that when even when we try to pick those things back up, their weight is so immense that we have no desire for them. That your love is the thing that frees us, that gives us the peace, the courageous love that stands triumphantly before us all, victoriously. We thank you for that love, how he loves us. A love that we cannot fathom in our finite understanding. A love that existed before any of us were even thought of. A love that were existed before the eons. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day, for this moment, for this word, And Lord, please just get me out of the way and let your word be brought. And Lord, thank you for all your servants across this land that are singing the song of independence from death and the victory of your son. And all God's people victoriously said, Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, praise God. Caleb, thank you for ministering to me this morning. Thank you for being obedient to the Spirit. I appreciate it, brother. i tell you what, that man came back from forward, changed. (laughs) God's releasing something powerful in Caleb, and I appreciate every moment of experiencing it. Hallelujah. Um, (laughs) As I said... um, this has, been a, this has been a week and a few days of, of bouncing back and forth between me and God. Uh, I, I've not been listening as well as I should, apparently. I've gone through five different sermons <laughs> prepping for this morning. Um, some in their entirety, and pieces of them have ended up here. The title has remained the same, um, although part of, uh, part of the visual may or may not be referenced this morning. Um, we'll save that for another time, but... It still works, and I just, honestly, with what the Lord was doing with me, I didn't have time to worry about the, the fanciness um, as far as that goes. But one nation under. One nation under. Now, naturally, as Americans, we immediately default to that line from, from our pledge. We are one nation under God, right? Right? Well, see, I would say we're one nation under occupation. I would say we are a nation that has that is, ceded that is our freedom in Christ to our comfort as a people. But, we'll get into that. I do want to start off this morning by quoting one of the men that was quintessential in the, in the founding documents of this nation. And he was part of the initial congress that gathered to... Create the Declaration of Independence, one of the men that had repeatedly tried to petition an oppressive ruler for freedoms that he felt inalienable, and this is John Adams. He said, suppose a nation in some distant region should take the Bible as their only book of law, and every member should regulate his conduct by the precepts there exhibited, Every member would be obliged to be conscientious, to be temperance, to be be frugal, to be industrious, to justice, to kindness, to charity towards his fellow man, to piety, to love, to reverence towards the almighty God. What a utopia. What a paradise this region would be. What is a nation That's one of the first things we're gonna establish this morning. I have that definition for you, if you wouldn't mind putting that up for us. A nation is a large body of people united by common descent, history, culture, or language inhabiting a particular country or territory. Okay, so it's a large body of people that have come together with either common descent, a history, a culture, or language, okay? We often refer to the church as the kingdom of God, or the nation of Christ. Because we are a common people with a common language, with a common person, with a common ancestry. A lot of times when I'm talking to our youth and they say, man, you know, the Old Testament seems to to be so heavy and so riddled with just stories about Israel and just stories about this one group of people and how God blesses them and curses them and tries to come in communion with them and they constantly are breaking this agreement and they constantly are falling short and yet God continues to bless them. And it's not until the New Testament that we find out, oh, we're a part of that too. And I have to remind them, I was like, no, see, those are our people too. Because when those different family members would find blessing with the Lord, we have to look at all those other family members that turned their backs on them. Because those are our people. We go far enough back, we're all, we're all tribes kids. We go far enough back, we're all part of that inheritance. And then under the new covenant, we, all, we get all the blessings. With very few stipulations. In fact, there's only one. There's only one stipulation. That's why many a year, I say many a year, please forgive me for my ignorance as a a pseudo young person. In the 70s when the the way movement came along, one way, there was a way, there is the way. That's still relevant. That will never stop being relevant because there is only one way. So this morning I want to talk to you about another concept Another concept that I think is even more relevant than the concept of nation and liberty and independence this morning, that's the concept of family. A family is a group of two or more persons related by birth, marriage, or adoption who live together. All such related persons are considered as members of one family. What's that third stipulation? Adoption. We forget that. We're all adopted kids. You know why I say we forget that? Because I have another thing here I want y'all to remember. This is, this is a, a, a Robert moment here. This is, this is something that I, I want to say to y'all this morning. Sinners of every type are orphans, potential siblings, that haven't met our Father yet. Make the introduction. When was the last time you looked at somebody that sinned a little different than you and said, would you be my family? Let's be honest, church. When was the last time you reached across the aisle to someone that voted differently than you or went to bed next to a partner that was not their spouse, and you knew about it, and you looked at them and said, I don't agree with what you're doing, but I'd really like it if you could come and meet my dad so we could be related. I want you to come to family dinner. Christianity has gotten in a bad habit, and that habit it's putting sins on tears. God didn't do that. We did. Mankind did. And we speak, we speak of the seven deadly sins as though they're gospel. Guess what? All right. 2 Corinthians 10 starting in verse 3 For although we live in the flesh we do not wage war according to the flesh Since the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh but are powerful through God <laughs> for the demol- demolition for the demolition of strongholds The reason I like the CSB it's because other translations will say the tearing down of strongholds. This is demolition. Y'all ever watched footage of a building being demolished? Yeah. It ain't, it ain't peaceful. It ain't pretty. But when it's done, it's gone. Families that are looking for people within your own family that have strongholds that are tearing apart your family, Start start sticking the word in the cracks. And when the Spirit lights that fuse, watch what happens. You don't believe me? When Brendan comes back to church, talk to him. He'll tell you. Our youth witnessed it. We saw it in children all week long in VBS, didn't you? Didn't you Miss Amy? Didn't you Miss Amy? That's right, when we say we had a great week, we had a great week because we saw the Spirit moving through 70 odd children continuously for five days straight. And they'd come running in here every night. And sure, it was because it was fun, but it's so they could go to that corner room over there and hear about a savior to learn about independence and freedom. So when I talk about the the weapons that we have to wage war, in the spirit, it demolishes strongholds. We demolish arguments and every proud thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God. Pause. Church, it's time for us to demolish some things in our own house. If it's not from the word of God, it doesn't belong in the church. And by the church, I mean our homes, our cars, our mouths, before our children, and I'm guilty. I'm guilty of all these things. So I'm preaching to me, and that's probably why it took me so long to hear this message this morning. Because in my pride, I thought I could write Sermon for Today two weeks ago. Based on what I knew to be true. Not what the Spirit was letting loose. And we take every thought captive to obey Christ. And we are ready to punish any disobedience Once your obedience is complete, you see, once we've established obedience as the pattern that we function in, once we're established in that love, in that liberty, liberty, and and, and all that, it's hard to put the shackles back on. It's hard to put the disobedience back into an already obedient servant. So if, it, if, if you're in a position in your life where you're either new in the faith or you're, you're in a position where it seems easy to slip back into the old self, which doesn't make sense because the old self doesn't even exist anymore according to what Christ has established in you, which means obedience wasn't established yet. I think that's part of the problem is a lot of churches are saying, oh, well, you know, sometimes we, we relapse. It's not what Scripture says. The old person don't exist no more. How do you relapse? Once obedience is established, once, once God is living inside of you, the old things don't taste the same. They don't feel the same. But there's a problem. We're telling people that as long as they got weepy on a Sunday morning one time or at a conference one time you're good to go. High five. Get back to living you. One of the songs that they played at Forward had this beautiful line in it and it said faith has growing pains. And I love that concept and of course it's sourced out of scripture but the idea that faith has growing pains is so beautiful because it's such an honest portrayal of your walk with Christ because when you're born again you are what? You're an infant and if you never feel the growing pains of the spirit of faith then you remain an infant We have a lot of people as part of our church. We have a lot of people as part of our community, as part of our nation, as part of our family, that are still on that are still on breast milk, y'all. I don't know about y'all, but I'm that gets old after a while. I'm ready for a pork chop, you know, like, like, yeah. It was one of the things with the, that's so funny when Obadiah was four months old. He grabbed a pork chop bone off of his grandma's plate and just started sucking on the bone. I'm like, you don't even have teeth yet, son. He was ready. He knew. He knew. He's like, milk's good and all, but hey, that that smells delicious. Um, I got a picture of it somewhere. I'll have to show it to those that want to (laughs) see. But no, like we don't want to stay infants. We want to maintain our childlike faith but you don't want to remain an infant. Because see, the difference there is an infant doesn't have childlike faith. You don't believe me? Look at the difference between young, lovely, Brinley, and Hadassah. Brinley has childlike faith, but she understands so much more of the beauty of God than little Hadassah does right now. She can say the name above all other names. Little Hadassah cannot yet. She does good with daddy, which I'm proud of. But we gotta move to that childlike faith and then let that childlike innocence of faith lead us forward. But you know what the best thing about a childlike faith is? It wants to share their faith. They want to talk about Jesus. A child that's grasped hold of the truth and knowledge of God, want to share it. Did you know about Jesus? Jesus made it hot today. Jesus Jesus got me these shoes. Jesus made the sun come up today. They're excited. You know what, church? Let's get excited about sharing our faith. And this morning, this, this, this may seem It was very interesting when the Lord told me to do this because, like I said, it's not at all what I had prepared for this morning. But church, do we remember how to share our faith with a nonbeliever? Do we remember how? When was the last time you did it? Beginning to end. Let's do it together. Romans 3, 23 through 24. For all have sinned. And fallen short of the glory of God. They are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. First, you must establish that all have sinned, including the person talking to the non believer. If you sit down in front of a non believer, well, let me tell you everything you're doing wrong. Guess what's going to happen? It's like I repeatedly heard Kenny say this week, all they hear is no. And that's exactly how adults are too. That's how teenagers are, that's how children are, that's how we all are. If you start with a negative, they don't hear the positive. But we have to establish the burden of sin. Do you know what's making you feel like you can't overcome anything? Do you understand why your life keeps spiraling around the same drain? Do you understand why you feel this way? Do you under- love people to the truth? Don't slap them with it. Don't spit in their faces. We've been doing that too long. Look how productive it's been. Second verse, Romans 6, 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That sin we've been talking about, person, loved one, stranger on the street, you know, that thing that keeps giving you all this trouble, guess what? You asked me one time, a hypoth- well, I've had this been asked to me. He's like, if you believe in such a good God, and he's such a great God and honest God and loving God, then why is there all this death and pestilence and war in the world? It's easy, sin. The wages of sin are death. Don't believe me? Wipe out one sin. You're talking to a person and they say, yeah, yeah, whatever. You say, okay, cool, for one week, don't lie. Not a white lie, not a single lie. See if your life's different. First of all, they won't be able to do it. Second of all, <laughs> second of all, if they do attempt it, they must come back to you and say, "Yes, my life has improved." Because all lies beget are more lies. Third verse. John 3:3, Jesus replied. Truly I tell you, unless someone is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Here again, I love the CSB because of what it actually says. Truly I tell you, unless someone is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Unbelievers can't see the pattern of God working in this world. They'll see coincidence, They'll see dumb luck. They'll see everything else, but they will not see God at work until they are born again. So when you try to stand there and talk to your blue in the face and tell them how, no, that's God working. No, that's God working. No, that's, acknowledge it, but understand they won't be able to see it until they get right. I had a brother From another mother, one of my close friends, and I told this to the youth actually this this past weekend, I'll do a version of it, who after he came to knowledge and truth of the Lord this earlier, this year, praise God, um, he started acknowledging things that had happened in his life, moments where he should have died. He said, that was God. That was God sparing me because I wasn't right with him yet. He couldn't have done that four years ago, y'all. He couldn't have said, oh, no, he stayed, he stayed my hand from executing myself. That was God. Or, oh, that, you know that one time that Mack truck should have taken me out on my motorcycle? That was God. Or, you know, I started to say something mean to my wife that would have ended my marriage, but, he, but I couldn't, I couldn't get, I, I couldn't breathe. I couldn't get enough oxygen in myself to voice the hateful thing I was gonna say. And now he gives God the credit for that because guess what, it was God. It's God that's going to heal that marriage as it sits today. But he couldn't do it till he got born again. Till the scripture says, till he got born again, he could not see the kingdom of God. John 14, six, and Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me one way. There is no other name under heaven that gives us access to our Father. All my brothers and sisters sitting here watching online, preaching at other Places, sitting in other congregations, would not be my siblings in the name of Christ. Would not know a loving father except through that Christ. Abraham didn't get us here, y'all. Noah did his part, but he ain't why we're all sitting here. Joseph did his part, saved the known world because he was obedient. Ain't why we're here. Our kids learned that in that little room over there this week. Romans 10, starting in verse 8b. This is the message of faith that we proclaim. Are we proclaiming it? Well, let's find out. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. One believes with the heart, resulting in righteousness. And one confesses with the mouth, resulting in salvation. For scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Church, this is why you cannot just sit in a quiet room by yourself and be like, I believe Jesus died and rose again and leave it there. One believes with the heart resulting in righteousness. But he confesses with the mouth, resulting in salvation. When those men sat in that little tiny room and for years they argued about whether or not to take on the mightiest army in the world for the sake of liberty. They came up with a long, long list of all the things that they had tried to get the king to move on. We want judges. We want just laws. We want representatives in Parliament. We want this. We want that. We want all these things that just seem to be evident. Like, you're thousands of miles away. You can't understand our needs. They believed all these things with all their hearts. But if they had not put them to paper, if they had not voiced them on the streets, if they had not shouted as a nation at that king That we will be free because our God says we ought to be. We would still be sitting in Britain right now. Or, based on the wars that have happened, we might be sitting in little Germany right now. We don't know. That's a what if that, thank God, is not. But because we do live in the land of the free and the home of the brave, and those of you brothers and sisters that are watching that don't live here in the United States, understand that as brothers and sisters in the kingdom, you are liberated under Christ. And while you owe unto Caesar that which is Caesar's, your soul belongs to a kingdom that is vastly superior to anything you are experiencing on this earth. Likewise to us here in the United States, we do not have to, because we are a government of the people and by the people, rendering unto Caesar means rendering our voice unto Caesar, making our voices heard, making liberty known. Now, there are different people that believe different things, but when I heard 13,000 teenagers celebrating the sanctity of life, a week and a half ago, I couldn't help but feel my heart lifted. Now, others, trust me, my, my, my Facebook feed and Instagram feed has been riddled with non-believing friends that feel like this is an infringement on their rights and it's this and it's that and all that. We'll pray for them. That's why I don't get into politics in the pulpit. That's why I acknowledge victories that God has and then we acknowledge what the scripture says. But this I do want to acknowledge. We are free. I'm sorry, I said we are free. That's right, there's an amen. I, I was jealous when Don Cherie at Forward Conference got up on stage and the first thing she says, now before I start preaching y'all, I need y'all to understand that I come from a loud church back in Texas, and so I'm going to need y'all to participate. I'm like, praise God, sister, you know. And forgive me if, Dontree, if you're watching this, that's my accent. I'm sorry, I couldn't help myself. But praise God that, uh, to know, and, and we do have a good, we, we, we have good godly people here, and do what you're comfortable with, what the Spirit leads you to do. But praise God, as a people, we need to celebrate our freedom Beyond just putting fireworks in the sky and burning up our paycheck, celebrating a watermelon festival. You know what I mean? Let's be real. Some hot dogs on the grill and, some, and, and you know whatever out of a cooler. Like that's, that, it's great to be free, and it's great to be an American. Absolutely believe that 100 percent. But you know what's better? Being a Christian. Being a redeemed Son of God. I'd rather be a Christian any day than an American. I'm blessed to be both. I got two different passports. One's visible. Both mean I can fly. No, <laughs> but like, <laughs> but let's you know, let, let's be real about this. One nation under God means you have a responsibility. That's why my notes, the back, the back side of my notes, tape it up if you need to at work. Those of you that aren't here this Sunday, stop by the office, I'll print it off for you any anytime. If you need that Roman road, if you need a reminder on how to share the gospel, it's right there. It's straightforward. Now, I I, I would, I would uh, if it were not. You know, a sin unto itself, I would wager most of the people in this room could have quoted those verses. Whether they could have done chapter and verse, it doesn't matter. If you know the truth of Scripture, citations don't really matter. But if you can teach the truth, you see, I had a patriotic sermon laid out for today. And then the anniversary of my best friend's death hit Friday. He died a year ago. To my knowledge, never having gotten right with the Lord. I spent a decade with the man. We talked about faith, and we talked about my walk, and he was, he was very supportive and, and actually key in, in my surrender to the ministry and all that. And yet... I cannot affirm through testimony whether he ever got right with the Lord. Why don't I know that about my best friend? How many of y'all know that for a fact about your best friend? I'm done making that mistake. Church, let's be done making that mistake. If you love somebody, if you even kind of like somebody, make the introduction. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your son. Thank you for freedom. May we be emboldened to go out and share love with the world. This season of of celebrations and fireworks tomorrow as we celebrate the independence and liberty and foundation of a nation, may we see the foundation of Christ in people's lives established. We hold these truths self-evident that all men are created equal in the eyes of God. That you love all of us equally We seek to see all the orphan children of this world come into the knowledge of the Father. We know it won't happen because your word is clear on what happens in the latter days. But, Lord, let us not be discouraged, for ours is not a fleshly war, but it is a war of the Spirit. And, Lord, when we take on strongholds and when we take on things, we demolish them by the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Your word is the sword. It's the nuclear bomb that will blast down any fortifications that they have, Lord. It will release them from any type of bondage, Lord. And we thank you for that victory. Lord, we see this fight from the victory. And we thank you for your love expressed, your love felt, your love believed. Abba, Father. Thanks, Dad. Thanks, Father. Amen. Thank you all for being. What oh. is